Hello, welcome back to Not Just Paleo. This show is brought to you by your support. So please visit my website, notjustpaleo.com. You can check out Alpha Brain and Shroom Tech Sport in my sidebar, two supplements that are crucial for my brain and my performance. Great for you as well. I can go further into them another show if interested, but check those out and you can support me that way. Uh, the free consults, you are, are loving them and I'm loving them too. It's great to connect with you all one-on-one. Visit notjustpaleo.com and you'll see it right there when you get to the website. You can sign up for your free 15 minutes. There's no catch. Spend 15 minutes with me and let's talk about your health questions. Let's get right into the show with Dr. Tim Gersmar. Hello, I'm back with Dr. Tim Gerstmar, a really cool dude and naturopathic doctor somewhere hidden in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> We're going to be talking about autoimmunity and who knows what else today. So, Dr. Tim Gerstmar, welcome. Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I'm, I'm actually not really that hidden. Um, my, my practice is kind of near Microsoft, so, um, you know, they don't hide out in the, in the backwoods somewhere. Uh, we're in we're in we're in Redmond, Washington, but uh, which is near Seattle. But but <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, talk about what. Why did you want to bring up autoimmunity? I hit you up about coming back on. You're like, hey man, we gotta we gotta talk about this. Well, I mean, there's a couple of reasons, but you know, and I, again, thanks for having me on. But um, you know, autoimmunity is something uh, um, I just see. You know, unfortunately, the rates of autoimmunity just among people um, are skyrocketing. And, uh, and, and, you know, people don't realize that for, you know, women under the age of 60, uh, that autoimmunity is one of the top 10 leading causes of death. It's actually up until they're 64. So from women from zero to 64, you know, people think about breast cancer and they think about other things. Uh, but, uh, and, but autoimmunity is actually one of the, one of the 10 leading causes of death. And, and so, you know, this stuff is very real. And, you know, the conventional system sometimes does a good job with it. Uh, and, and, you know, the people who come to see me are not. And I, I don't know if anyone's followed me from other shows, you know, my, what I've been doing is really gut centered around a lot of digestive issues and, uh, and gut health. And, Thankfully, over the past couple of years, you know, a lot of other people have started banging the drum about the importance of gut health and the gut microbiome and, you know, begun exploring how that interacts with the immune system and, and autoimmunity. And I just had so many people come through my doors who have autoimmunity, whether it's quote unquote, a milder type of autoimmunity like Hashimoto's thyroiditis, right, autoimmune thyroid problem or classically what's considered the much more serious autoimmune diseases because they can be life-threatening like, you know, ulcerative colitis, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, you know, lupus, and these kind of much more serious autoimmune diseases. Um, and the only thing the conventional community has to throw at people are, you know, immune-suppressing drugs. And um, I'm not totally against that. I think they have their place. Like, uh, I think prednisone can have its place. It can stop flares. It can get people out of really dangerous places. Uh, but as, as a long-term strategy, you know, a lot of these drugs 
have some significant side effects. Obviously, prednisone has tons of side effects, but even quote-unquote safer drugs like methotrexate or Remicade or Humira have, you know, a load of side effects, increased cancer risk, and, and a variety of other problems. And if people need those things, that, that's one thing. But, you know, you and I both know there's a lot that can be done beyond just whacking someone's immune system with a big giant stick uh, to, to get people healthy again. So that was sort of my impetus, and I wanted to collect sort of my thoughts and the system that I use to approach autoimmunity and, and put it all together and then help get it out there for people. And, and you're one of the people who's helping me spread it out. I'm hoping we can change the conversation around autoimmunity and let a lot more people know um, that, that, you know, there's a lot more choices than just uh, or a lot more pieces than just, you know, which drug should you be taking? Right. Yeah. And I was doing some work for my new program, Stress Solutions, that you're going to be an expert on, which is going to be pretty sweet. And I was looking at the how much money is produced. I was looking at the top 10 drugs because I was talking mm-hmm. a lot about antidepressants for stress because that's sort of a coping mechanism. And then I noticed that Humira was in the top 10. So you're talking in the billions of dollars worth of sales per year at this point. Yeah, well, that drug, you know, uh, and and there are lots of expensive drugs out there, but Humira is a drug, it's an immune suppressing drug, um, not as bad as like prednisone, so it doesn't have as many side effects, uh, but again, still some significant ones. Uh, But it's a lifelong drug. Basically, if you have autoimmunity, say you have, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, a good example, um, and you get put on Humira, you know, that's it. You know, barring the drug stops working or you develop side effects that are too severe, uh, pretty much you're on, you're on that drug forever. The price of that drug, it's about $20,000 a year per person. Um, and then depending on, you know, someone's insurance policy, um, I've seen, you know, people paying 18, 18 grand out of pocket every year just to, to stay on their Humira. So, um, you know, it, it's, it is one way to approach things. Um, I, I'm not here to say it's, you know, it, that, that people are whatever, but, uh, it's one way to approach things. Um, it may be necessary, uh, but it's a really expensive, tough route road to go. And, um, you know, I think, uh, again, if you need it, you need it, but, uh, put that money into food, put that money into getting a good practitioner behind you, try and uncover some of these other root causes that we're going to be talking about today and, uh, and see if it's even necessary to be on that drug. And, and my, you know, what I've seen is most people, um, don't need to be on those heavy hitters. Um, and if they do, then often we can get the dosage down, um, and they can take less and, um, and, and at the very minimum, save themselves some money, uh, not to mention, you know, lower their risk of getting cancer and everything from the drug. So Wow. So I guess we should back it up a little bit and talk about maybe what autoimmunity actually is. I mean, we know that it's a disease that affects certain parts of the body and basically the body's attacking these different glands or what have you, but... Or tissues. Yeah, absolutely. What 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 is it? It's basically just antibodies, but I don't even know how to explain what an antibody is. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I like analogies, which are a way to understand things. And so, you know, your body um, is full of cells, different little cells that run around whose job is to protect you. 
you're like a city. If you imagine you're like a city, you know, certain people who live in that city have a job to protect that city, right? Whether it's policemen, firefighters, security guards, and the military all are tasked in different ways with policing and protecting the body and keeping, you know, bad people and things from coming in and just blowing up the city or just messing it up, right? And in the same way, we have an immune system comprised of, you know, a whole load of different cells with different jobs, but basically who are there to protect us from viruses and bacteria and toxic compounds, uh, cancer cells, and, you know, anything else that's trying to hurt our body or mess up the city, that's you and me. And so, um, and, and that's a tough job. I mean, the, the cells of your immune system have to constantly be on guard to look out for quote unquote, I'm making air, air, uh, um, not parentheses, man. What are the, the quotation marks? Uh, I guess people can't see that. They have to constantly be on guard against bad things, things that want to hurt you. But then they also have to ignore all the stuff that's normally there, right? And that's called tolerance. In other words, they're tolerant of, or they're supposed to be, of all the tissues and hormones and all the bits and pieces that make up you and me. And we're supposed to have pretty robust mechanisms that stop that from happening. And in autoimmunity, the simplest way to put it is that tolerance breaks down. And for one of many reasons, some of which we know and some of which we, we don't know or we don't know exactly how, the, that tolerance breaks down and the immune system then begins to target something in your body. If it's rheumatoid arthritis, again, it could be your joints. Um, if it's multiple sclerosis, then it's going to be your brain or spinal cord. Um, you know, if it's um, uh, psoriasis, then it's your skin. So it's, you know, if it's Hashimoto's, it's your thyroid gland and, and, and on and on. You know, there are um, the, the National Institutes of Health have 24 recognized autoimmune diseases. They're estimating now, scientists and the, you know, the scientific world, that there are eight, between 880 eight and 150 autoimmune diseases actually out there. Some people are even thinking things like heart disease have an autoimmune component to them as well, so we don't know. But it's this, when the immune system breaks down and begins attacking the tissues of the body. And so, just to answer your one other question, what is an antibody? So an antibody, again, are, the, the analogy would be, um, you know, that the police force uh, um, learns about a criminal that they want to apprehend, hiding somewhere in the body. And so they print off all these flyers, uh, I guess it worked better before the internet, this analogy, but here you go, all these flyers, right, with that criminal's name on it, and they start flooding the body with these flyers, telling all the other immune cells, be on the lookout, this bad guy is around, right? And then those antibodies, uh, when they, this is where the analogy breaks down a little bit, but when they encounter that bad guy, whether it's a virus or a bacteria or whatever, or a cancer cell, whatever it is, they actually stick to that bad guy. And that's part of what alerts when the immune cells are cruising around and they see something that has all of these antibodies stuck on it. 
uh, then the, that's like the target for destruction. Then that triggers them to start attacking whatever it is, right? Makes sense. So basically, though, yeah. I, I love your analogies, by the way. <laughs> yeah. oh, thanks. Thanks. It's complicated stuff, it is, man. man. I try, you know. That dude, so. that I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna comment on that, but first, I just want to say. So I started out trying to keep all of my components of stress simple. So I kind of narrowed it down, like chemical stress, environmental mm-hmm. stress, emotional mm-hmm. stress, physical stress. Right. All of these different stressors, and then. I mean, I thought, oh, I'll be done with this in a month. You know, here we are like two, three, four months later, and I'm having to break apart everything, especially when you're trying to research, analyze the research, and then summarize the research and add your personal comments on top of it. I mean, it's ridiculous how complex this thing gets. Well, it's so interesting, you know, for for geeks like you and me who like to delve deep into a topic, right? I I find it's, you know, I am sort of the person to, for this autoimmunity, I find, you know, when they figure out some of these receptors and some of these different classes of antibodies and different, you know, different mechanisms and everything, that really excites me. The good news, though, is for a lot of people, the you can delve deep into the science but when you pull it back to the practical a lot of it comes down to you know a handful of basics it, it's it's like diet for me we can go on and on about different ratios of this that and the other thing but a lot of it boils down to you know jer- the the acronym right jerf just eat real food now then it needs to be individualized for the person uh you know, who's doing it. Uh, but a lot of the complexities in understanding what's going on, the good news is a lot of times the prescription or what actually needs to done, to be done um, is relatively simple, just complicated for, for people like you and me. So yeah, that, that's what I have trouble doing. It's so simple. And I know what the takeaway is, but I have this weird fascination with, oh, first, let me explain it to you as right. complicated as possible. Oh, but then my recommendation is going to be that you need to go for a walk outside. Right. And and I find that, you know, it's embracing both sides of that. I think, I think it is important um, that we, we, to the best of our knowledge, we understand what's going on in, in all its complexity. But then I do think, you know, that scares a lot of people when, we, you know, and, and for good or for bad, the conventional medical system has sort of, I don't know the right, I don't want to put too much blame on them, but, you know, they've, they've, you know, allowed things to be really complicated. Um, and so that the average person looks at it and goes, well, I don't know, that's way too complicated for me. I, you know, I need to go to the doctor and the doctor needs to tell me what to do because there's no way I could figure that out. Um, and, and look, I, as a doctor, I think we have our place, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, but the shift that's happening is that, it, it, you know, whether we're talking about autoimmune disease, whether we're talking about stress, whether we're talking about whatever, is that, you know, individuals, I think now more than ever, uh, can take control of a lot of what's going on. I mean, let me, you know, I don't think I have to say this to anyone in your audience, Evan, but, you know, what you, in, in, in my experience, nine out of every 10 people, the food you're putting in your mouth has some impact on your autoimmune disease. And I can say, you know, for nine out of 10 people, at least, you know, if not 10 out of 10, your stress, your stress levels have play a really big role in your autoimmune disease. I mean, if I want to see a flare up of autoimmunity, all I've got to do is get someone to eat badly, 
not sleep enough and stress out. And before you know it, their autoimmunity flares, right? So we always tell them, hey, look, if you notice one of these things is, is going off the rails, you haven't been sleeping well lately, you got to double up and first of all, fix whatever you can, get back to sleeping well, but you got to double up in some other area to cover the fact um, that that, you know, that pillar of health has been temporarily knocked out from under you. So if someone's on, for example, you know, one of my favorite herbal anti-inflammatories is curcumin, right, which is the extract out of turmeric. I find it works exceptionally well. If someone's sleep goes all the heck or, you know, they're traveling and their diet is out of their control, you know, one of the ways we, that I show people that to take more control over their situation is they bump, uh, they bump up their curcumin uh, for a few days until everything settles back down to get some extra anti-inflammatory power so that, uh, so that, you know, they don't see a big flare of their symptoms. Yeah, you know, another thing I've seen too, which uh, mm-hmm. I could send it to you, it's pretty neat. Have you heard of bi- mm-hmm. bioperine, the black pepper extract? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. When you add those two together, the curcumin and the bioperine, that you get like a 2,000% increase in absorption or, or improvement or something. Something ridiculous, but I wanted to clear something up real quick before yeah. we, before maybe we talk about some of the the root causes of autoimmunity. I had this wheel yeah. spin. I had this wheel spinning in my head. So we talked about antibodies, and you always right. hear about oh well, I went and got tested, and I have tons of antibodies. What right. is that? I mean, and and that's a that's a bad sign. It seems like most of the time. Right. What does that actually means going on? You just have so much stuff that is attacking the wrong thing or attacking good things and bad things or what, what does that actually look like? Right. Well, antibodies are specific. So we can, there are tests that we can do just to sort of globally measure how many antibodies you have in your system. So some people with like with immune deficiencies or like, you know, H or not HIV infection, but AIDS with a big immune suppression or some other issues can actually be just straight up low in antibodies. And then they're, you know, in danger of getting infections or, or various things. But other than looking at it globally, antibodies are very specific. Again, it's sort of like a wanted poster for a particular, you know, criminal. Like, it's not for that guy over here, this guy over there. It's for kind of that specific person. Now, we could talk a little bit about something called molecular mimicry, which kind of makes things, talking about making things more complicated. But generally, antibodies are pretty specific to their thing. So, for example, let's just take Hashimoto's because pretty simple. Unfortunately, a lot of people are dealing with it. And so... There are two specific antibodies uh, that can be done on a, on a simple blood test. Any doctor can order it for you uh, called TPO. It stands for thyroid peroxidase antibodies and TG or thyroglobulin. So you'll, you'll often see it as anti-TPO and anti-TG. And so those are antibodies against those two proteins. If those are positive, um, that mean, that's basically the definition of Hashimoto's. Uh, if they're not, then that's basically the definition of not having Hashimoto's. And so having, you know, if you do those tests and they come back very positive, meaning you have, you know, lots of those antibodies, uh, then generally that mean, that's a bad thing because your body is cranking out wanted posters for your own thyroid gland, 
which is, you know, generally a bad thing uh, to have happen. And one of the ways uh, we look for improvement over time is, you know, people are doing the work that they need to do and watching those level of levels of antibodies go down and down and down. And ideally, we'd like to see those antibodies uh, disappear or become undetectable. Now, Little tiny wrinkle, uh, there, there is a theory uh, that low levels of, of a lot of different antibodies may be a good thing, and they may be helping your body get rid of old and damaged and worn out or infected or cancerous tissues, sort of like, you know, uh, marking the trash, if you will, so that when the trash man goes by, uh, they go, oh, uh, you know, this cell is old and worn out and messed up, so here we're just going to, we're going to destroy it, recycle it, and get rid of it. So there's some theories uh, that some, you know, that low levels of, you know, a whole host of antibodies uh, might be a good thing for the body, but certainly having, you know, really high levels of, of antibodies is, is, you know, pretty much a bad, of these specific ones uh, is pretty much a bad thing. I can't help but laugh and smile, man. You're, you're, <laughs> uh, your, yeah. your analogies are great, man. Uh -huh. No, it's seriously, it's seriously inspired me to, to work on analogies because I find myself sometimes looking back at what I think I know or what I know. And it's like, how do I even understand this myself? Let me just use this analogy. And so on, on the topic of autoimmunity, I want to kind of shift mm -hmm. gears and go forward into some of the root causes. But the way that I've explained it to people and the way I've taught myself, which you tell me if this is wrong, I've pictured sure. it, I've pictured it sort of like a rain barrel. So, okay. you know, I'm, I'm real into like off grid watering catchment systems and all that. And so if mm -hmm. you, if, if you have a rain barrel and you have a little bit of water in there, that's, that's good. That's a little bit of stress going on. That means you're alive. You're not in a drought. Right. So you're not going to starve. You have a little bit of water. You're, you're going to be fine. You're not going to die of dehydration, right. but, but you start adding toxic personal care products, aluminum deodorants, stress, poor sleep, food toxins, all that. This rain barrel is getting really full now. And then you add on, I don't know, anger and five o'clock traffic every single day. And now your rain barrel is overflowing. And the combination of all that, whether it's the leaky gut on top of all that or whatever, boom, autoimmunity overflows and, and floods the whole city and you drown. <laughs> Not, well, they're a good analogy yourself. Yeah, I mean, we like to think that we have a, if you will, kind of a stress bucket. Um, I, I haven't heard rain barrel before, but we kind of think a bucket. Um, you know, and, and you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of different kinds of stress, physical stress, mental, emotional stress, whole variety of things. Um, and, you know, some people are born with a bigger bucket than others. And then, uh, you know, uh, where this breaks down a little, some of the things you can do can sort of make your bucket bigger or smaller. Uh, but when you load your bucket up to the top and, and you just exceed your body's capacity to effectively handle stress, it's going to break down. Whether that manifests for you as autoimmunity, whether that's going to manifest as some other disease state, you know, everyone is born with strengths and weaknesses. One of the things I like to tell people, one of the perils, one of the things I don't like about natural alternative medicine, and this is somebody who practices this stuff every day, the good news is we tell people, look, the actions you take on a day-to-day -day basis have a noticeable, measurable, and significant impact on your health well-being, and, and any diseases that you develop. 
The negative side, the bad side of all this is that people can feel a lot of shame, guilt, and blame when they have problems, right? There is no way, even if you follow, if you were somehow able to follow every single precept of, of natural alternative medicine, 100%, you were just a superstar of natural alternative medicine, you would not be Superman or Superwoman, right? You're not going to bounce bullets off your chest. You're not going to leap over tall buildings. You're not going to live to be, you know, 500 years old uh, just by following all of this stuff, right? We all are born with strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, our strengths are all things, you know, some of us, you know, why do some people get diabetes and some people don't? Diet and lifestyle aside for a second. Why does someone following a healthy diet and lifestyle, you know, have diabetes and the next person over doesn't? There are strengths and weaknesses involved. So some people, we're all going to suffer from something or other. We all have our weaknesses. When we talk about autoimmunity, you know, we can't leave aside genetics. We, in, in natural alternative health, we like to focus on epigenetics. We like to focus on diet and lifestyle, changes we can make. But there is some genetic component, right? Just like celiac disease, one that, you know, I think a lot of your audience probably has at least some awareness of, right? Celiac is a really weird autoimmune disease because straight up, it's the only autoimmune disease that the conventional community says, yes, absolutely food plays a, a humongous, humongous part in celiac disease. So someone has a genetic predisposition, it gets turned on, and all of a sudden, every time they eat wheat, the body sees that wheat, kind of goes into a fit of <laughs> rage, if you will, um, and attacks the body. Now, celiac is classically considered a, a, a gut disease. It causes, you know, classically diarrhea. Um, and in kids, they don't grow properly, like they're small, uh, they don't develop properly. Um, but I think one of the worst things to happen to celiac disease is that it's been classified as a gut disease. Um, and we really know it's so much more. You know, uh, people with celiac disease uh, can develop neurologic or brain problems. And in fact, some of the most common uh, issues that celiac brings forward are iron deficiency. I mean, it sounds really silly, but someone who has iron deficiency when they really shouldn't have iron deficiency, that's one of the red flags, at least it should be, for people to consider whether that person has celiac disease or not. Early osteoporosis is another one. Uh, that, you know, if you're 30 years old and you've been diagnosed with osteoporosis, you know, please get checked for celiac disease ASAP because that is, you know, that's abnormal. Um, but let's see, where was I going? Uh, I got a little lost there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got, I got on my uh, celiac disease rant and I totally threw myself off. <sighs> so, uh, Sorry, where where were we going, man? I don't want to uh, I don't want to hijack your show. No, no, you're doing fine. This is good stuff. Well, eventually we were going to get to some of the root causes and some of the big things, maybe some of the concrete actionable things that people can understand. Oh, okay, so this is what I'm doing that's causing me issues as opposed to all this science stuff. Right. Right. Okay, thank you. Thank you. You got me back on track. Oh, oh, I was just trying to say there is a genetic piece. And so why does so why does one person get rheumatoid arthritis when another person gets, you know, Crohn's disease when another person gets uh, Hashimoto's? Um and and, and we think that's going to be, you know, your genetic predisposition, where your strengths and weaknesses are. But the question is, you know, what breaks down just having those genes isn't enough. Right. There's a gene, a gene variant called HLA-B27. Um, if you have this gene variant, uh, which can be tested for, 
you're more likely to get Crohn's disease, which is an autoimmune disease of the uh, of the digestive tract, or you're more likely to get something with a big giant name here called uh, ankylosing spondylitis, um, which uh, really sucks. I mean, not that any of them are great, uh, but essentially it calcifies your spine um, and you lose all flexibility in your spine. So uh, if this gets too severe, you basically can't turn your head anymore. Um, you can't, you know, bend at the spine and everything. It's a, it's a pretty nasty disease. And if you have that HLA-B27, you're more likely to get that. Uh, but it doesn't mean you absolutely are going to get that. And so there's a genetic predisposition, but then here's the rub of everything that we're talking about is there are environmental triggers. So the genetic predisposition is like having a loaded gun pointed at you. Not a nice thing, uh, but if no one ever touches that trigger, nothing bad ever happens, right? And so while we need the genetic predisposition to, to predispose us towards getting a particular autoimmune disease, it's really about the environmental triggers that are going on. And this is where people can have a measurable, you know, impact on their health by watching these things. So I know you'd mentioned uh, Mickey Trescott was recently on uh, your podcast. I obviously recommend people go back and listen to her. Um, and, and she and like Sarah Valentine um, and a host of other people are talking about the autoimmune paleo protocol right and uh if we back up a step you know rob wolf if, if people aren't checking out his site or mark's daily apple if people aren't checking out mark sisson and reading some of the testimonials on those guys site from what a paleo or a primal style diet can do i'm um, just you know just recently i think i think it was on Mark's site, but it may have been on Rob's site, a lady talking about her ulcerative colitis and how adopting the diet, um, you know, has made such a huge impact in her health and her autoimmunity. And so clearly here, one of the steps is, uh, is you, you got to clean up your diet. You know, if you, if you've never tackled your diet, if you're eating a standard American style diet, um, clearly one of the first places you got to look for is that, you know, ignore, Whichever doctor, whether it's a gastroenterologist, rheumatologist, like whoever is managing uh, your autoimmunity, um, and, and make some significant changes to your diet. You know, I'm a big fan of trying a, a paleo-style diet first, which is uh, you know, no grains, no dairy, no legumes um, for 30 days, and see what you notice. And uh, some people, that's enough by itself to put people into remission. So uh, some people, it gives them tremendously better control over their disease. Um, and some people, it's it's not the thing. And then you may need to try autoimmune paleo, where you take things, you know, to another level and are much more strict. Um, you know, so diet is one of those things. I don't know if you want to chime in on that one. Yeah, I was just going to say for me, I mean, paleo was great, but I, I put this new logo on my website. I don't know if you've checked it yet. It's at the bottom, but it's these mountains with a pine tree. And I'm going to try to slowly bring this idea of pine, which I've made the acronym of paleo is not enough because for me it was good. But mm -hmm. e even even for overall happiness too. I mean, everybody's just posting pictures of what they eat every day. And it's like, yeah, you can eat a healthy diet and still be a miserable person if you hate your life, you know? Right. So I have that lens to it, but then the lens on the diet aspect for that context is that for me, I ended up figuring out that nightshades, peppers, specifically bell peppers were mm -hmm. a huge issue. And I loved making like beef with broccoli with bell peppers, man. I loved it. And mm. I, 
it probably took me five months to make the connection that every time I had bell peppers, my stomach was tore up. And mm. uh, tomatoes, mm. I was making chilies with big chunks of tomatoes. I had to cut those out. And mm-hmm. I noticed a huge difference when I was stressed out. That it was worse. It, it tore me up even worse. But if I was feeling pretty yeah. good that week, maybe I had walked out into the woods or something like that, I may be able to eat some chili with tomatoes in it and be fine. So Mm -hmm. I really think it's important for people to understand how sensitive you can become by other pieces of your life. It's not, diet is not just this little circle here. There's so many other, like, I don't know what you would call that, intruders that are punching into this circle. Yeah, I mean, you know, I like the, you know, so Dallas and Melissa Hartwig, the whole, the whole 30, the whole Nine Life crew, um, you know, their book is called It Starts With Food, not It's Just Food or, you know, It's Only Food. And, and I completely agree with them that, look, if you're, if you're, you know, new to this, you happen to catch this podcast on autoimmunity, this is your kind of first exposure. You've been told before, you know, no, there's really nothing you can do. Um, once you've got autoimmunity, sorry, you're kind of screwed and your best bet, you know, take these drugs and there you go. You know, what you diet and lifestyle can definitely make a major impact. And, and for me, um, because it's something that's so conscious what we put in our mouths day in and day out, diet is a really good place uh, to start with people. Like we said, for some people, that's enough in and of itself that gets them to a great place. But a lot of people, a lot of people I see, and the reason that I wrote, you know, I put this together is because I completely agree with you. You know, diet is not enough, uh, that there, there's more that's going on for people. So, so, you know, diet, so diet and lifestyle, that's my first, you know, the first piece. And, And that's sort of what we've been talking about. What you eat, you know, sleep, critically important. I'm sure you, you bang the drum hard enough, on, on the importance of sleep, uh, but critically important, you got to be sleeping. Exercise, uh, exercise can be both incredibly beneficial um, and if taken too far, can be really harmful as well for people. Um, and then stress, I know, you know, your favorite topic at the moment, something we're going to talk more about uh, later. But, you know, again, it's one of when people go under high stress, it's one of why I'm always watching them to make sure their autoimmunity doesn't flare because, you know, you can be eating well, sleeping well, exercising, but if you're under a lot of high grade stress, um, things are probably going to go sideways for you. So, um, so that's the piece I think a lot of people at least kind of have been around the paleo sphere, um, kind of un- hopefully understand that those basics, um, but then we've got to move on from there cause there, there's a lot more, you know, there's, there's more pieces for people. Yeah. You got me excited. What are the next pieces? <laughs> so the second one, I, I know we've talked a little bit about this, uh, is toxicity for me. So this is environmental toxicity. Um, I know th- this comes in several stripes and shades. Uh, but I'm mostly here, right here, talking about you know chemical toxicity. Um, you know, we have added. There's a lot of different estimates you're going to find, but if you look around there, you know, we've added somewhere between eighty thousand, one hundred and fifty thousand. Some people say more. You know, new compounds to our environment pretty much since the end of World War II. And the more we study a lot of these things, the worse it gets. You know, we have now we have. Uh, we not only do we have carcinogens, things that cause cancer. Uh, We have obesogens, things that cause obesity. We have endocrine disruptors, things that screw with your hormones, right? And then we have compounds that mess up your immune system. 
So, for example, um, a lot of people have heard about DDT. Now, that was the subject of Rachel Carson's book. It's been banned in the U.S. for a while, still was used in other places. Um, and what they found is when the body, when your body, my body, everybody's processes DDT, it converts it into a compound called DDT. E, um, and that's been linked uh, pretty uh, well, strongly implicated with Hashimoto's. So we know that, uh, again, not everyone with Hashimoto's is going to be because of this, uh, but we know you know you expose people this, to this DDE um, and you, you increase the risk of Hashimoto's. You know, mercury, a lot of people have heard about that. Uh, it's thought to be you know, a factor in multiple sclerosis. Right, and it goes a lot farther than that. You were telling me about uh, thyroid dis disorders um, and EMF. Did you want to touch on that for a second? Yeah, well, Dr. Milham, if people haven't heard that episode yet, they can go check it out. Dr. Milham, uh, he's a medical doctor. He's in his 80s now. He's retired. He lives in California and wrote the book Dirty Electricity and the Diseases of Modern Civilization. And in this book and on the podcast, he talks about how all these women were having thyroid issues in Malibu High School and how he came in and did some measurements and checked out and found that there was a lot of dirty electricity, which is essentially high frequency that's coming out of your wall outlets combined with magnetic fields that usually occurs from improper wiring or outdated wiring, things like that. And so all of these nodules on women's thyroids, thyroid cancers, all of this was just epidemic. And so he came in and spent his own money because the power companies will not acknowledge that this is a problem and spent the money out of his pocket to fix the wiring issues and put in some filters and things like that, things that I've done around my house and things that I write about. All the thyroid cancers, these nodules, all of it, it disappeared. I mean, it's ridiculous and nothing else changed. And I asked him about diet and he's like, I don't care about diet. He's like, people eat, he's like, people eat what they eat. He goes, magnetic fields are going to do far more than, you know, eating a berry over fast food ever will. He was like, mm. this is a big deal. Magnetic fields are powerful. I mean, that's what guides birds, you know, to know which way to fly. You know, he's like, so to, he, he basically, we all have our own opinions but he basically right. puts magnetic fields as number one issue and then whatever down the list blah 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 two three four diet lifestyle whatever and uh, right so anyway that's the story with that right i can't speak i i have no expert in that field i can't speak to it i, I know we all tend to focus on things we've seen make a really big difference for people and uh you know i've personally seen diet make a really big difference for people um but definitely you know if you uh you know, check the stuff out for yourself on the EMFs. It's something I'm going to look into uh, more because it's something I know, you know, I don't know as much about. And um, if you think you're EMF sensitive, you know, take some steps. Uh, that definitely might be a toxicity factor for you. Uh, but certainly, you know, uh, the data is just rolling in, unfortunately, and looking a little grimmer and grimmer that we put a lot of stuff out there in our food, air, and water, um, and it, it's coming back to bite us. And, and we do have to take some sensible steps um, to detox ourselves. You don't have to, most people don't have to go crazy with it, but they really have to take some sensible steps. And, uh, you know, maybe we can talk a little about that in a minute. I want to kind of finish up with some of the big major factors. So far, we've talked about a diet and lifestyle that's out of whack. We've talked about uh, toxicity issues for people, then infections are another uh, cause of autoimmunity. You know, we know this 
uh, fairly strongly in a handful of things like uh, Lyme disease. You know, it can trigger uh, arthritis-like symptoms for people. It can also trigger uh, basically what looks like MS. Um, Epstein-Barr virus, which is the virus that gives people mono, um, is thought to be involved in multiple sclerosis. Another bacteria called Klebsiella, thought to be a trigger for um, the, the, that disease I talked about earlier, ankylosing spondylitis and Crohn's disease. Um, and we think there's a lot more out there as well that we just don't have the data for. But we know infections, uh, especially these chronic infections, um, can be a real problem for people. So that's number three. Then uh, gut health is number four. So um, I think most people in your audience probably know about this, but most of our immune systems close to this kind of feeds in with diet, but isn't completely diet. So most of our immune systems, people say 70 to 80 percent. Um, I find different different uh, estimates. It hangs out near our gut because that's where most of the stuff comes in to into our body. If we're talking about the city again, you know, um, this doesn't quite work, but I guess if you think of the port or where all the ships come and they unload all their cargo and everything, that's sort of uh, the digestive tract where everything, all the nutrients and everything else that we take when we eat our food get into our body. And so we have a lot of, if you will, cops and military and everything um, hanging out there, I guess kind of maybe like the airport or something. I don't know. Anyway, my analogy is not quite, not quite <laughs> ideal, but you get the idea, right? We got a lot of our, our protection stationed right around our digestive tract because it's the place on a day-to-day basis. You know what? Unless you fall and you tear up your skin or you get a really bad burn or something like that, you know, not too much gets through your skin. But every day you're putting, you know, you're putting liquids and foods and, you know, you're swallowing your own spit and everything else is going in through your digestive tract. So you got a lot of immune cells there. They're hanging out. And one of the most exciting things, you know, over the past five-ish years is, our, and, and this continues to grow, is our understanding of the gut bacteria and what they're doing for us. And, and it's really huge. We're, we're just at the tip of the iceberg, but we're understanding that some of these bacteria who live with us really are anti-inflammatory. They really calm down the immune system. They help induce tolerance. Uh, they stop the immune system from running haywire. And then some of the other bacteria um, actually amp up the immune system um, and, and make it more aggressive. And so it's this balance between, um, you know, when we have the right or a healthy uh, a bacterial ecosystem, it helps keep our immune system in check. And so, you know, one of the things, again, and, and I'm a fan of antibiotics in the sense they've saved a lot of lives. Um, they're a really useful tool. There are definitely times and places to use antibiotics. And I'm also a big fan of using them as infrequently as it's possible to do so. You know, we have a wide range of tools in alternative medicine um, and just, you know, living healthy and everything will really reduce your need um, to use antibiotics and save them for when you really need them, uh, but between antibiotics and diet changes and, and you know changes in birth and breastfeeding and everything else, we've royally screwed with our gut bacteria. And um, I firmly believe one of the reasons we have so many food intolerances and allergies, asthma, eczemas, and autoimmune diseases because we've truly we've truly as a society messed up our guts. Um, and, and I think, you know, hopefully people, a lot of people listening are kind of on board with that. Uh, but gut health, having a healthy gut or not, um, I think is, you know, one of the fourth, the fourth major factor in what's leading 
to a fourth and fifth, really, the gut itself, and then the bacteria are the fourth and fifth uh, pieces, I think, to what, what's driving this growing epidemic of autoimmunity for people. Yeah. Is there anything else that we should bring up before we dig a little bit deeper into those? Because I want to ask about detox and stuff like that here in a minute. Sure. Sure. Well, I would just say, you know, so... You know, not every. I think these factors are to some some degree in play for everyone. Not everyone's going to have you know major problems in every area. It's going to be a little bit different. But I think you know uh, conventionally, the conventional medical community says, well, you know, for the most part, you have this genetic predisposition, and then I don't know, something comes along and kicks it on, and then you're kind of messed up. And we're saying, look, I don't pretend to know every answer for what causes all autoimmunity, but I definitely think these five factors play a really significant role um, in, in you know most people's autoimmunity so if you have a poor diet and lifestyle that's a factor you know if you have toxicity especially you know if, if all of us have some degree of toxicity uh, but if you couple that with the fact that you know, genetically, you're a poor detoxer and a poor excreter of compounds, um, and your uh, and or your hormonal or immune systems are a little bit more vulnerable than another person. You know, if your gut is not in good shape, if you um, unfortunately were either born with uh, bad, bad, but you know, insufficient or or dysbiotic gut flora, um, you know. If you picked up these chronic infections and you haven't been able to deal with them well, um, these are all things that can tilt the immune system in ways uh, that, that tr in my opinion, turn on that genetic predisposition and, and land you with autoimmunity. Yeah, that so. would be people that were born via C-section and things like that also, right? Yeah, because unfortunately, you know, my recommendation for people, if there are any, you know, pregnant moms out there or people who are looking to deliver, you know, dads, um, is if it's necessary to do a C-section. You know what? Again, we're grateful that there are C-sections out there. They definitely do save babies and moms' lives and everything. But there's a bit of a cost. What my recommendation is uh, that you get some you know, some absorbent material, whether you're using a little bit of sponge, whether you're using a little bit of gauze, um, and you get the mom to insert it vaginally, really get that piece of gauze or sponge or napkin or what, anything that's absorbent, you really pick up some of the vaginal secretions, the vaginal moisture and mucus, and, and with it, the gut bacteria. And I really recommend, you know, swab the baby's mouth with it. So just basically stick it in their mouth, rub it around, stick it in their ears, their nose, rub it on their eyes, because those are all places, you know, and ideally, honestly, rub it all over their body too, because that's what would have happened had they been born vaginally. And what happens instead when they're born by by cesarean, right? They completely skip the birth canal. And then the first bacteria they pick up are either from laying on the mom, picking up the bacteria off the skin, or hopefully if they're put on the breast, they're going to start picking up the gut bacteria again off of the skin, or they may pick it up, you know, from the hospital or the incubator or wherever else they are. And it, as much as we can, we really want to get them to have the, the, the vaginal flora is where our gut bacteria starts. And so to me, it's an absolute no brainer of saying, hey, you know, if we can't do it the old-fashioned way uh, because life intervenes, then we can intervene a little bit, um, get get some some of those vaginal secretions and definitely get it in baby's mouth and, and maybe, you know, repeat that a few, you know, for a few days in a row and try and get some of uh, the proper flora where they're supposed to be. Good stuff. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. So the detox 
buzzword. Oh my god! Yes. If you get on the internet, yeah. which you do and yeah. I do, I yeah. mean, and and I'm sorry, it's 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 women mostly with all of these detox teas and detox cleanses and it's such a trendy thing that there'll be people posting pictures of themselves like drinking a cup of quote-unquote detox tea and there's like 50 hashtags clicked on you know added to the picture like it's some miracle and right i just think we're a little bit confused in the mainstream health as a, as to right. what detox really is and how it really works. So, uh, please Absolutely. shed some yeah. light on that. Yeah, I'm happy to look detox. I I've kind of steered away from the word detox a lot. You'll see a lot of alternative and natural practitioners banging the drum on detox. And let's be honest and kind of call a spade a spade. A lot of it is so they can sell detox shakes, detox teas and detox, pills for people right and there's some be- there's some benefit to all those things uh, but it's become trendy and it's money market it's marketing and money and uh y- you know so let's back up a second and and talk about what detox actually is so i define a toxin as any substance that interferes with normal bodily function right and so there are three categories in my, in my world of toxicity. There are things produced by your body. So carbon dioxide is technically a toxin. You know, if you get trapped in a room with tons of carbon dioxide, uh, you're not going to make it out of that room, right? Uh, it's normal, it's natural, it's produced, but that's one of the reasons we breathe um, is to get rid of that carbon dioxide, right? Ammonia. Uh, normal, natural, produced when we break down protein and get rid of it. Uh, but that's one of the reasons that we have kidneys and we pee, um, is to get rid of that ammonia gets turned into something called urea, and that, that's why we call it urine. And that's why one of the main reasons why you pee is to get rid of that. Because if it builds up, uh, it poisons your brain um, and really bad things happen to you basically. So toxins produced by our body in every day. So again, the city makes trash just on a day-to-day basis as part of living. Uh, But if you didn't clean out that trash, right, uh, bad things would happen to that city really fast. The second type of toxicity I call, um, oh man, uh, my brain just uh, just uh, blanked out for there there for a second. So let me skip the technical term. Uh, second class of toxicity comes from our gut bacteria. So they produce a lot of compounds, some of which are beneficial, some of which are not. Um, and you can definitely get poisoned by your own gut bacteria. Third class of toxicity is mostly what people are talking about. Um, I call it exotoxicity. Exo means out of. Um, and so these are all the things we run into our, in, our, in our environment. And that ranges from you know personal care products, your deodorant, your toothpaste, your shampoo, to makeup that you wear. Uh, there was a study on, um, I, I bumped, re-bumped back into it. It came out a couple of years ago. It was put out by a Canadian group, um, and they examined 49 different pieces of makeup for women, and they were looking for nine different heavy metals. All they were testing for were heavy metals, you know, things like lead, mercury, arsenic, 
good stuff like that. Um, and they only found of those 49 products, only one of them had no detectable levels of any of those heavy metals. Um, and one of them in particular had uh, very detectable levels of eight of the nine heavy metals. Um, and, and lead was about 10 times uh, the Canadian safe standard in that one product. Uh, so it's, you know, and that, that's just talking about heavy metals. And then we have all the other pieces. Uh, so I really caution women, you know, decide if make, if you really need uh, makeup, if you do, hey, that's your choice. Um, but choose among, you know, there are safer brands and safer options for you. And, and I think that's all of it with this toxicity uh, between, you know, your shampoo, uh, whether, you know, your toothpaste, uh, your makeup, uh, your household cleaners, what you use to clean your house with, um, your yard products, you know, what you're using to, to fertilize your yard, um, it kill bugs or whatever it is that you're using, all of these things um, and your pets. You know what type of uh, uh, of products are you using for your pets? All of these things come back to us, right? And so, see, I went off on a tangent again there. Well, uh, let, so let me, let, let me, you know, yeah, let me interrupt yeah. you here because, yeah. So part of the chemical stress in what I'm writing is mm -hmm. also from a Canadian study that was talking about the. They must be doing some good stuff up, up there in Canada. So thank you, <laughs> thank you, Canadians, for that. But anyway. This particular study I was using was looking at the tap water in Toronto and a couple other places, and basically the byproducts of cleaning city tap water with chlorine, especially when you heat up the water as you get the trihalomethanes, I can barely say that, but the trihalomethanes, and it's just category that are carcinogens, and they found that the hotter you heated the water the more potent these things were. And of course, mm. when the the method of, I guess, consumption or whatever you want to call it, when the method is inhalation, you're breathing this stuff in, taking a hot shower, and a lot of people like to take long, hot showers. I mm -hmm. mean, you're intensifying the effects of this stuff so much. And so if anybody does not have a shower filter that filters chlorine. There's tons on Amazon. The one that I have on my website, you can check on under the resource page, one I use, and it filters 99% of chlorine. I mean, that's a no-brainer. And obviously, I saw another thing, which I don't know if you've seen this. It's ridiculous. Certain fish, uh -huh. I don't know if it was in the Rockies or where, maybe Alaska, I'm not sure, but certain fish were acting differently. It might have been actually by the Great Lakes, but they were swimming in different patterns or the males were more brave or something like that. So they're like, what? what's going on with this water? So they check the water and there's tons of detectable uh, anti-anxiety medications in the water that's causing these fish <laughs> oh, to act more brave. And I mean, right, right, when you break right. it down like this, Tim, I mean, it gets scary, man. It's like we're freaking aliens. Yeah. We're living on an alien world. It's hard. I I'm like on the fence, man. Like this, this left side over here, I'm just, mm -hmm. I want to just grab the torch and just run and just like, ah, you know and then the mm -hmm. other side is just like i guess it's a action based and okay maybe we are living like freaking aliens you've seen you've seen, i know you've seen the pictures of the the uh, monsanto workers or whoever working in like the non-organic fields where they're in like those suits with the mask and all that right i mean that's nuts you know i will say you know one of the so um let me back up for one second so I just make sure to answer your question, and, and hopefully this this can dispel a little bit. So if a toxin, and we got lost in talking about toxins, they disrupt 
the way the body normally works, right? Whether that's an insecticide, a fungicide, uh, you know, uh, plastic uh, components of, of, you know, whether that's, you know, chlorine and how it combines with these other compounds. It messes with some function of the body, right? But we're not helpless either. You know, we have these pretty amazing detox systems built into our body, our liver, our kidneys, our gut, and pretty much most cells of our body have processes, enzymes, and, and, and steps, uh, different reactions to try and break down and get rid of this stuff. Because you know what, if we didn't, we'd be, we would have died, you know, millions of years ago, our, our little froggy ancestors or whatever would, would have kicked the bucket, right? Uh, so we have detox systems. And people will say, oh, you know, we already have all the detox systems we need. And, and the point you were making there, and, and we want to say is, you know, in the same way for as paleo, you know, inspired people, we talk about, hey, you know, the standard American diet is so far away from sort of what our bodies evolved from and, and you know, um, if you will, developed to deal with, right? And I say the same with toxicity. We've always run into toxic compounds. You know, vegetables and plants are one of the biggest sources of, of naturally occurring toxic compounds, right? And that's what our system's designed for the most part to deal with. But then we shove all these plastics and all these other, you know, 100,000 plus chemicals through these pathways. And some of them work really well and we break them down, we get rid of it. And some of them are so hard for our body to get rid of or cause so much kind of mayhem and, and disruption in the process that detoxification is simply the process of inactivating and then getting rid of a toxic compound from our body, right? And so detox would be any of the steps, whether it's something physically that you're doing or something that you're taking that enhances that process. It's not magic. It's not, you know, foot patches that you put on the bottom of your feet that somehow like, you know, vacuum all the toxicity out of your body. That's, that's BS, man. That, you know, it's not a tea that magically does something, right? Tea's cool. You know, green tea uh, in particular, the best one studied, it helps upregulate or turn on some of those detox pathways and it's helpful. You know, so are things like garlic and onions and, and broccoli one of, or, and the other cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, kale, uh, Brussels sprouts, um, are awesome things, right? And they help turn on those pathways. Turmeric, we talked about it earlier, is curcumin. Spectacular how it helps upregulate or turn on those detox capacities to help those systems work better. So can supplements and teas... And green drinks and things, can they be helpful? Absolutely, they can be helpful. But we've got to, you know, try and separate it from the BS, you know, magic. It's a magic pill or a magic drink, and it's somehow going to magically suck all the toxicity out of you to, you know, these are compounds, these are things that can assist your body by supporting your own, the detox systems that are in you or helping them run more efficiently or stimulating them to work better um, to help you clear out some of, some of this toxicity that we all run into on a regular basis. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of silly requests of partnerships and things like that, but some of the craziest ones were like these little portable 
detox packets and you just take mm-hmm. it anywhere anytime you need to detox i don't even know what was in it i can't remember it's been right. a, it's been a year but right know, personally for me i like to take it a step up from green tea and do matcha mm-hmm. just because yep. it's it's the same plant, but it's so much right. more potent. And then you, there's a lot more theanine in there, which is pretty, pretty nice. But Theanine's also, awesome. yep. something I've been getting really into that's helped me mm-hmm. a lot with my gut issues is mm-hmm. the infrared bulb, like the chicken, coop, oh. the chicken coop setup with the red bulb right. and the the right. little cover for the bulb. Okay, and that's been super helpful. But maybe I don't know. Do you want to do you want to lead this in the direction of? What are some other things you can do, whether it's eating a lot more cilantro to bind mercury or, I mean, what are, what are some of the more actionable things that we can, we can say? Sure. Well, absolutely. Look, you know, detox, we've kind of – so, again, I don't want to leave people. Detox is one component. So if you're dealing with an autoimmune issue, um, if you've already got – you know, first thing I recommend is people make some modifications to their diet. Some people alone, that single change is going to make a huge impact for them. A lot of the people I end up seeing, though, in my practice, you know, they already eat a pretty decent diet. And just chasing the diet forever and ever isn't going to get them where they want to go. Uh, we, we're talking a little bit here about detox. There are, uh, toxicity is definitely an issue, and it can be a major concern for people. There are obviously others. Um, I, I'll, give, uh, I'll answer your question on detox. I just want to say my plea to people, both medical professionals and individuals, is we really need a comprehensive approach to dealing with autoimmunity. Like, for some people, it's mainly one thing. For a lot of people, it's a lot of little things. And if you want to, to fundamentally get better, and what I mean by that is you have good quality of life, so you feel good, uh, you look good, you perform good to steal Rob Wolf's kind of uh, trifecta there, which I think is great, um, and you're on the minimum amount of, you know, medication and various things that y- you need for your situation. So I always tell people, and I, I just want to say, my goal is not to get people off medication. My goal is to get people healthy, and then hopefully they won't need medication anymore. Sometimes they do need medication, and some people view that as a complete failure. I'm a failure. I have to take this medication. No, you're not. A, in my opinion, that's a really negative way to look at it. You're putting stress on yourself. Um, you've got a lot of negative emotions around it. Your goal is to be healthy, and you can be sick on medication, and you can be healthy on medication, and you can be healthy off medication. I guess you can also be sick on not any medication. And so I see people who are sick and on medication, and their rushes to get off medication, and often that just means then they're sick and not on medication, when we really want them to be healthy. And so um, I just wanted to put in that piece there, because I see a lot of angst around around using medication and it's a tool and if it's the right tool to use then you should um, but it's not as the conventional system wants to say you know essentially an excuse not to take care of yourself right yep makes perfect sense yeah i've kind of been on the anti-medication route just because i've seen what it's done to some of my family and friends and things like that but yeah i mean mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm definitely with you that there's a time and the place but it's often yep. it's often the it's often the first route of action from the medical industry as opposed to the last route of action and which i think it should be yep yep 
So let's talk about detox then. Let's close things out for you here. Um, talk about a couple of actionable steps that people can take. So, um, and these are fairly boring. Like people are looking for, you know, some magic bullet. They're, they're really not going to find it here. The first step with toxicity is to do what you reasonably can to reduce your everyday exposure. So you mentioned like a shower fill, you know, water filter for your shower, you know, a water filter uh, for your drinking water. Again, you don't have to spend like, you know, $15 million and buy like the super most awesome ever water filter. You know, if you can afford it, a couple hundred dollars will buy you an extremely nice uh, good quality water filter uh, that will do a fantastic job, you know, cleaning up your water. I have no affiliation whatsoever with these guys, but I like the Dalton filters. That's D-O-U-L-T-O-N. They've been around a long time, um, and I've just had good luck with their products. So that's one place. There are a million other ones. But don't think that you have to spend you know, a huge, you can, I've seen these whole house, like 10 step water systems for, you know, $10,000 and stuff. You don't have to go there to have, to have decent quality water in your house. Yeah. Tim, and like you, yeah. let me quickly yeah. add to that. Yeah. Wendy Myers, who's been on my show a lot, she did that whole, whole house filter thing and she uh -huh. got, she got so freaking dehydrated because it pulled too much out with the reverse osmosis and the ozonation. I mean, it was nuts. She took everything right. out. And she right. could not quench her thirst. And now myself, I thought about doing a Berkey or something like that. I don't do uh -huh. any filter. I just buy huge bottles of spring water and use that for everything, drinking, cooking, whatever. Mountain Valley, they, they do the big uh, five-gallon glass things of spring water that you can get. You can simply get gallons of spring water at your grocery store and things like that. So I haven't even – I kind of did the cost-benefit analysis, and I haven't really decided. I still – I mean – I like the idea of using a Berkey or something like that, but I still feel, I don't know, happier or safer using the spring water as opposed to, oh, taking this crappy tap water with chlorine and pharmaceuticals and then, oh, here's what pops out at the end. It's far better, but I'm still right. a little bit, eh, kind of skeptical yeah. about it. But go ahead. Okay. I, I just had to add that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, look, find what works best for you. I'm I'm just not a fan of, you know, buying bottled water because ecologically it's it's not, you know, if people are just buying Dasani water or whatever it is from the store, it's just ecologically it's a bad practice. But look, if you can source good, clean, sort of natural, I'm using the air quotes again, uh, water, then by all means go ahead. You know, but if you live in the middle of the city and you don't have a lot of options, you know, a cheap filter on your water can be great. You know, we talk about air filters as much as you can, and that can simply be, you know, uh, surrounding yourself with plants uh, can make a huge difference in air quality. Um, if you can't or don't want to, you know, getting a simple HEPA filter um, in your house can help improve the air quality. You know, watching the brand new product. So if you have control over it, you know, buy the low, the low um, volatile paint, um, watch the carpet, watch new upholstery, uh, you know, new uh, furniture and everything, uh, your, you know, your new mattresses and everything. If you open those guys up and they smell like just intensely, um, you really want to park them in your garage or outside and let them off gas until, until you bring them you know, to, to a more manageable level before you bring them into your house. Doing reasonable things. You can make yourself insane 
um, trying to get all the toxicity out of your life. And remember, you know, all of us have detox systems. Um, just to go back to your analogy at the beginning, it's about are you overflowing uh, your rain barrel or is this something manageable that your body can handle, right? Then you go into your personal care products, trying to pick better quality ones with less junk in them. Uh, again, if you if you wear makeup, um, then looking at what you're what are you cleaning your place with? Um, what are you using outside in your yard or garden? These are all places uh, you don't have to do it all immediately, uh, but they're things that step by step. You know, as you use up things and you need to buy more of them, you can more you can you know very purposefully look for better options. Right, and you can reduce you can reduce the toxicity in your day to day life um, the, as much as you can, unless you know you want to go live at the top of the Himalayas or something, and even there you're going to run into toxicity. You, you can't fully get away from this stuff. The other side of it is you know enhancing what your body can get rid of, and so if people are following a paleo or a paleo esque style diet, um, so what does our body need to do? Uh, to detox, well, it needs protein, um, it needs energy, and it needs nutrition. So if people are eating a nutrient-dense paleo-style diet with a good amount of protein, um, then they're going a long ways towards uh, supplying their body with what they need. And then the two nutritional powerhouses, you know, as far as detox, well, okay, three. One are all the crucifers. Again, that's broccoli, um, that's cabbage, that's cauliflower, that's... Um, Brussels sprouts, I'm missing one or two, and that's alliums, that's gun, uh, gunions, <laughs> garlic, uh, got to combine them together, uh, garlic, onions, uh, and leeks uh, especially. So those are super powerhouses. And then the third would be spices. So all spices are good, right? Uh, but especially ones like, you know, ginger uh, and turmeric um, are kind of stand head and above others, but any spices uh, that people get on their food. So if they're eating a, a paleo-style diet uh, with good amount of protein, it's nutrient-dense, they're getting in hopefully some of their organ meats, uh, they're getting for their vegetables, they're eating a good amount of the crucifers and alliums, um, and they're using a good amount of, of quality spices on their food. They're going a long way, um, diet and lifestyle-wise, towards ensuring that they're having good uh good detoxification yeah right? you know what's what's kind of it's good but it's ridiculous at the same time at the end of these shows we we go through such complex topics mm-hmm. and when you're seeking help you're just expecting that somebody out there has some secret that you mm -hmm. haven't found yet and then you go through and you really break it down and you're like Oh, really? Yeah. That's all I have that's to do? Well, on some level, yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, we can delve into deeply into this stuff, and I think it's exciting, and I geek out on this stuff, and I know you do too. But then when we pull it back a lot of times, look, there's more. If people need to go deeper, I think that's what everyone should be doing on an almost daily basis. Eat a good quality diet and try and avoid obvious sources of toxicity. That's just maintenance for me. And then there are deeper steps that people can go to. You know, you talked about an infrared bulb. Things like infrared saunas can be an incredibly helpful part of a protocol. 
alcohol. You know, if someone's really metal toxic, uh, we can talk about specific chelating substances. You know, there's a range of additional things that people can do. And that's where, you know, getting a practitioner in who knows what they're doing is a really good idea, in my opinion. But these basics, they're not hard to do. Um, and they're just general supportive lifestyle stuff anyways, you know. So they improve your detoxification while they improve pretty much everything else. Right, yeah. Well, I'm going to let you go here in a minute, but it's... Absolutely. But it's... Yep. I appreciate your time, by the way. It's been awesome. Yeah. But but I want to ask, what is your current supplement protocol? Every time I ask people, they get freaked out because it's like, look, Evan, yeah. it's different for everybody. Like everybody tells right. me that. I'm like, I know that. Right. But but me, yeah. so so me first, I'll, I'll list a couple things that have been helping me uh, noticeably yeah. lately. Uh, the N-acetylcysteine has really mm-hmm. been helping me. I don't know if I can really identify if that's specifically what's helping boost my glutathione and my detox and my recovery or whatever but i've just been feeling really good lately and then nice. also ashwagandha which is a nightshade for some people was yep. messing up my stomach but now i'm tolerating it so doing right. sort of a one-two punch of ashwagandha and rhodiola has been mm-hmm. super helpful for physical performance and mental function finishing nice. this this program which has been a beast but uh what about you uh, what are you asking things I've been doing lately? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big guinea pig. Uh, I'm a big believer in that, um, you know, things that I ask patients to do, um, as long as it's safe, uh, you know, because some things are, are a little more aggressive and are only used in specific instances. As long as it's safe, um, I'm up for trying it. So my supplements change quite a bit as I explore new things uh, to find for patients. I always order some to try for myself. Um, speaking of, you know, kind of the adaptogens with ashwagandha, I've been trying mock lately, a very concentrated maca product, and that's M-A-C-A, um, that seems to be working very nicely. Um, so that's been that's been nice. You know, I'm always rotating. I've, I have a big emphasis on gut health, so I'm always trying different strains and types of probiotics lately. Um, so I've got, you know, three or four different probiotics in the mix that I'm uh, experimenting with. Um, I'm trying to think what else is interesting that I'm experimenting right now. Um, I've been playing around, you know, three of my, and this kind of fits in with detox here, three of kind of my favorite compounds. I mentioned curcumin. I I like it and consider it just kind of a general, um, it can treat things specifically, autoimmunity and inflammation, um, cancer, and various other things. I also consider it a good preventative medicine, so curcumin is in my mix. Um, I've been playing with berberine lately, to uh, which is another compound from uh, um, uh, from uh, plants like um, a golden seal, among others, um, and that has that's not only um, does that kill pathogens uh, in the gut um, and and affect our gut bacteria, um, it has some neat other effects on blood sugar and some other pieces. So I've just been experimenting um, with that to see uh, what's going on, and then the third one. Uh, oh, it is uh, broccoli seed extract. So we mentioned um, um, the crucifer's broccoli and everything. Uh, well, there's a particular compound with a big name called sulforaphrain in uh, in broccoli, um, but it's uh, the the it's significantly more in broccoli sprout. 
sprouts. Uh, so if people, um, you'll sometimes see them in health food stores that you can buy broccoli sprouts, so you can eat them that way, or you can get them as a uh, as a supplement. So those are uh, three of the three other things that I've been I've been playing around with um, to see their effect on myself and what I notice, um, uh, so that then I can use them more effectively uh, in the people that I see. Sweet, thanks for that. So you yeah. don't so you don't ever mess with smart drugs like paracetam or aniracetam or any of those sorts of things well i've tried them yeah so i've done i've tried i've tried a lot of stuff over the years just to see so i've done paracetam aniracetam a couple of the other tams i've mixed them with some different things I, i've never tried anything like um oh what's dave asprey's favorite pro vigil or um, oh dude you don't want to yeah, never done anything. And just not had any interest. Uh, I, I do evaluate things on the risk safety profile. I evaluate them when I'm using them with patients, um, and I evaluate you know whether I want to try them myself. And, and that uh, didn't quite pass the sniff test for me. But I've tried uh, a number of the Rams, and and uh, the effects for me personally have been pretty mild. And so uh, I've tried them for periods of time, and uh, it wasn't worth it for me personally to continue. I just so. I see. Some stuff, especially paracetam. I know I'm, I got to let you go, mm-hmm. and, and and my brain's tired as well. But paracetam, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of studies, but things like mm-hmm. ox, oxiracetam, which is much mm-hmm. newer. I can't mm-hmm. find anything on humans. I can only find a few things on rats. And I always wonder, like, yeah, these are good, but I mean, I just feel like it's sort of an extreme measure to take, and I don't know how I should feel about taking something like that because i get stuff sent to me all the time but i can't find any human studies so i'm like am i going to cause my brain to bleed open from this stuff like who knows how much it's going to crank my brain up you know right right well there's always you know and this maybe is a topic for another day but um you know there's the debate about biohacking and i'll just try and try and sum it up in a couple of sentences you know um we're definitely you know when you biohack in whatever way that you do and it's sort of when you experiment on yourself with things um when you're relatively healthy and you're experimenting on yourself to see how you can push your limits um and you know physically mentally whatever do better um, you know, there's always some risk involved and, um, you're, you know, one of the experimenters and you're typically on the vanguard and some of that stuff that you try will be helpful. Uh, probably a lot of it won't make a significant difference for you and you do assume some risks for doing it. So, you know, you have to decide your kind of own personal makeup and, um, you know, how risk tolerant are you? And, um, you know, you, you will undoubtedly, um, you know, do some things that aren't awesome for you. Uh, but if you're, you know, reasonably cautious about it, uh, and don't do, don't, aren't, quote unquote stupid don't do something really crazy um you know you probably won't hurt yourself too much but i've heard you know in digging a little bit deeper into it there are definitely some people who really seem to be negatively impacted even by paracetam right where it really seems to kind of throw their brain in a direction that doesn't work well for them um and 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 they suffer from it so you know, um, so it's it's a really caveat emptor, which is by that just means buyer beware, and it just you know, I mean, if you're going to do that stuff, um, you know, don't do it just because some somebody uh, tells you to do it, but but look into it and uh, and get you know some understanding of it and, and decide you know is is the benefit to risk ratio something you wanna you wanna play with? Right. Yeah, I lost yeah. track of time, so I'm sorry about that. No worries. 
But, yeah, I do need to. I do need to get going. But, but th- um, th- thanks so much, man. It's been great. Absolutely, appreciated being on with you. Um, I hope this has been helpful for everyone. If they want to um, to get my thoughts a little bit more on autoimmunity, I put together a, a little booklet called the Autoimmune Answer. Um, and if you go to my website, which is uh, www.aspire, that's a s p i. R-E, so AspireNaturalHealth.com. You can just click on the autoimmune answer, uh, punch in your email, and um, uh, have, I'll, I'll send it to you free as a PDF. Um, my, my intent with it is to try and change the conversation a little bit um, and let people know that there are more and new avenues um, that just haven't been addressed and that really treating autoimmunity for most people um, needs to be a comprehensive strategy of you know looking at these different triggers um, and then addressing them. And I think if people do that, they will find in the best sense, you know, their disease goes into remission, it doesn't bother them anymore, and they can live that life that they've always wanted to. Sort of the worst thing that could happen um, is that they're healthier, they feel better, and they need less drugs than they did before. And to me, either way, there's a victory in doing that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dr. Tim. There'll be a link to that on my website, notjustpaleo.com. If you search for Dr. Tim or Tim Gersmar, you'll find the link. Go check it out. You're the man. You too. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. All right. That was a very long show, probably too long, but it's just a great time to talk with Dr. Tim. So look out for Stress Solutions coming very soon. He's one of the four experts. The other ones are Dr. Greg Emerson, Dr. Justin Marcajani and my friend Wendy Myers. So Stress Solutions is really going to kick some ass here pretty soon. And I just want to remind you of two things, three things. Number one, I'm still going to give away a huge bundle of health and business books. You have to write a review for the show on iTunes. Don't worry that you're going to write one now and the person behind you is going to win. That's not how it's going to work. I'm just looking for a certain number on iTunes that I won't reveal. When it hits that number, I'm just going to scroll through, pick a review, not based on the content, just based on random. I'm just going to, boop, there it is. Okay, you win. And then go from there. So I love to see your reviews, and I have to see your reviews, or literally my business will not stay afloat. So I have to see your reviews on there. I would love for you to do that. It takes a couple minutes. I remind you each week, but there's still thousands and hundreds of thousands of people that have downloaded that have not reviewed the show. So don't be lazy. Just take a couple minutes. Come on. You just got an hour with a cool doctor for free. Okay. What was the second thing? Okay. The second thing is the complimentary consults that I've been doing have been awesome. You guys are loving it. It's amazing. People are like... I can't believe this is real, you know, because there's such a disconnect between podcasters and naturopaths and health practitioners like myself, and I don't want there to be a disconnect. I'm just a person. All the other people out there are just people too, even if they don't act like it. They're just like you and I. They still put their pants on. I put my pants on one leg at a time most days unless I'm trying to jump in, then I try to do two at once. But either way, you can sign up for a complimentary consult. Spend 15 minutes with me on on the phone. A lot of people like to do the video chat on Skype with me. That is cool too. You have to get your health questions answered. And a lot of people have asked and emailed and also even in the consults have asked, what's what's a typical person? And surprisingly, 90 to 95% of people are people that are already doing paleo and they're not getting exactly where they want to. 
I figured that it may be people who just need help with a diet. And there are some of those, but surprisingly, a large percentage of you are geniuses already and you're already doing everything right. You just may not be eating enough. You may need some tweaking. You may need some evaluation of your symptoms, some supplement recommendations. You may have some underlying nutrient deficiencies, maybe some gut infections, some adrenal issues, some blood sugar issues. That is huge some fatty acid deficiencies. I mean, there's so many different things, but a lot of people are doing all the right things and still not getting the results. So visit my website, notjustpaleo.com. You'll see it right there when you get to the website. Boom. You click in, you'll have access to my schedule. Schedule your 15 minutes, and we'll go from there. And lastly, another way that you can support your recovery you visit my website, and you'll see in the sidebar there, you'll see Alpha Brain and Shroom Tech Sport, two products that I got to work on the science on at Onnit. And these are two products that I've used throughout the writing of my book, Shroom Tech Sport, mostly for the adrenal support in the form of the ashwagandha, and a little bit of other adaptogenic support in that product, but also Alpha Brain just to basically support neurotransmitter function, keep me focused, keep me balanced where I'm calm but energetic at the same time. So those are two products you can check out and support by picking up in the sidebar on the website. There's also a resource page for health bloggers, and Health Blogger Pro is coming up real quick. I'm working on it behind the scenes, teaching you how to start and grow and monetize a health business if that's what you're into. That's all at my website, not just paleo.com. So I'll see you back there. I've been rambling for a couple minutes too long here. Take great care of yourself and take action. Got a lot of cool stuff coming your way soon. Bye. He acts like it's all good, yeah, like everything's cool. Kiss a girl good night and never leaves her. She doesn't have a clue that he's terrible rules. Why I'm in the tire, got to watch out, girl. Don't wanna see her by her eyes out, girl. Cause I've been watching, you've been hurting. Let me be the one that loves you better.